Fleisch. This is my first ever podcast. And I'm sitting in the armchair. And yeah, here I go. I have wanted to do a podcast for years. Possibly one reason because I love talking. Uh, another reason because I love AV. Um, and another reason because I get so passionate about so many different subjects that I just want to, to talk about it and share and if it ever resonates with anyone else, you know, kind of share that experience. And to educate, to share what I have learned over my lifetime in order to help others. So that kind of sounds a bit cryptic. Hi, my name is Issei and I'm trying to introduce myself without associating myself to what I do. Um, it's funny how we talk about, you know, we're human beings, not human doings. And then you meet someone, you go, hi, what's your name? What do you do? Um, you know, I, there's this one Buddhist master and he says, hello, how is your good heart today? And I love that. I think that's beautiful. So what am I passionate about? What do I do? What do you do? Tell me, say. <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I'm in my mid thirties. I'm 33, AKA this is my Jesus year. Anyone who's younger than 33 will probably never have heard that phrase before. Anyone who's 33 or older will have heard this phrase because you will hear it when you turn 33 because other people will tell you, it's your Jesus year. And I found, when I first found this out, I, I thought, great, so this is the year that I'm going to be crucified and die on a cross. Um, and I said to my sister, uh, because that's what I thought. So when someone said, this is your Jesus year, the thought that came into my head was, I'm going to have a terrible time and, and die on a cross. And I said to my sister, what does Jesus year make you think of? And she looks at me and goes back with a bang and chocolate. And I just love the complete and utter uh, juxtaposition to my uh, considerations and how positive she was and yes your Jesus year is when kind of big things happen um, changes happen uh, transformations happen in in a in a positive direction in a direction that is is supportive of your life uh, usually that's <laughs> this ain't no script <laughs> um and which is kind of welcoming, right? Because when you hit your Saturn return, if you are not 28 or 29 or 
kind of, it starts around 29. You might not have heard about your Saturn return. <laughs> Anyone who has gone through a Saturn return will know that they went through their Saturn return. Um, it is uh, a time when basically Saturn returns to the position in your chart when you were born. And Saturn being the planet of boundaries, you know, it's got the rings, boundaries, limitations, the kind of taskmaster. And Saturn basically goes, right, it's time for you to adult up, level up. You you need a face you need to face some of your shit, man. And you generally speaking, uh, it's a time when we go through quite a significant challenge uh, in our lives. Um you know, yeah, it, it can man, it can manifest as anything, but it is a challenge where we really, we're really facing our demons and and really facing, um, the yeah, yeah, whatever we're kind of suppressing inside, um, and that kind of erupts, erupts, arises through whatever challenge that we're facing. Um, so the Jesus year then, you know, a couple of years later is, I guess, like a welcome, <laughs> like, a, it's like, right, okay, you've, you've, you've worked through this challenge, here is your reward. Um, and, you know, you can kind of see it kind of play out in, in the world of celebrities, because it's, you know, people's lives that we all know about. And you've probably heard of the 27 Club, uh, you know, where people die when, uh, when they're around, yeah, that end of end of twenties, and it's basically, it's kind of Saturn is like, this is your task, do or die. Um, I mean, I sound very totalitarian there, but yeah, I mean, if if they can't face the demons, um, that that can be what happens. It's like I'm out, <laughs> tapping out here. Um, I think a good example of some of, you know, a famous person is, um, Feck, what's his name? Went out with Katy Perry, Russell Brand, uh, how he hit that point and he was like, I need to change my life or I'm going to die. Um, so yeah, depending on, on how old you are, uh, you may or may not have come across any of these kind of concepts. And so I'm now feeling like I'm a bit older and a little bit wiser. And I think the more aware I'm becoming about myself and about life, I, it's like the more you know, the less you know, um, the less I realise I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like laughing at myself, thinking about my 20s and how much of a bumbling idiot I was. <laughs> And some people can say I still am, but, you know, at least I'm, I think what I really like when I, so, okay, I work, I work in the events industry and all my, all my career, all my life, um, tried to get into film, did a few films when I was younger, loved it, uh, but that's a hard one to stay in and like events industries, doggy dog, that's like worse and I also don't appreciate egos I mean we all have an ego but I don't appreciate the like egos inverted commas I just like look at people and I'm like you are no better than me I am no better than you don't be a dick um 
And as I was kind of starting out in my career and working through my career, I idolized people. And I think there's a healthy side to idolizing people in the sense of I am open to you teaching me and I'm learning from you because you um, example, you know, respectful um, behavior, you're kind, you've got an open heart, uh, you maintain boundaries, you know, that kind of like idolizing people, but not like I will default to you because you are better than me. And that is what I did in my 20s. And it, that is what I did in my entire life. <laughs> and it is a behavior pattern that is very common. And the reason it is very common is because it's how we develop as children. So uh, if any of you know about transactional analysis, I'm okay, you're okay. I'm not okay, you're okay. I'm not okay, you're not okay. That's the, that's the psycho, that's the psycho, um, what they call someone's psychopath, that's it, psychosociopath. But basically we are all born thinking I'm not okay. And then looking at parent or guardian or whoever's kind of in charge of raising us, you're okay. And the reason that happens, in this is transactional analysis, um, is, is so we learn. So we learn because um, we learn how to, well, do it. We, we learn by watching others' behavior. Uh, and we go, oh, you're doing it right, you know. And also, not just that, is that I need to keep you happy because without you, I die. You are feeding me. You are keeping a roof over my head. I need to keep you happy so you keep me alive. Um, and that behavior then in school, you know, it's like I keep my teacher happy so then I stay alive, blah, blah. Um, and then as we start to grow up and through our teenagers and into adulthood, we um, is, is when we need to unlearn that because we are now stepping into our own authority. And that whole stepping into our own authority is something that I really wish could be taught in schools. Um, aligning with your own authority. Oh my good God. Like if we were all <laughs> aligned with our own authority, our own in command, like I think the world would be a much, much happier place. But instead we carry this trait into our adult life and then we go into jobs and we look at our boss and we go, I'm not okay, you're okay. Oh, can I have permission? Can I have permission? Excuse me, can I have permission? Oh God, did I do this wrong? Did I do this wrong? Like absolute frozen fear. I mean, the amount of times that I was just crippled with fear um, for, for doing something wrong. You know, like my body was like, you are going to die if you get this thing wrong. <laughs> um, and just so nervous of people in positions of authority. And that was because I was giving my power away. And, and I don't know who said this, but the saying, what we, learn as what we learn as children to survive, we must unlearn as adults to thrive. I don't know where I got that from. It is from someone, I'm sure if you Google it, like the person who, who said it um, comes up. What we learn as children to survive, we must unlearn as adults to thrive. Um, because now this behavior is now limiting my growth, right? Because I don't have that belief in myself. I've, sep I've taken, <laughs> I've 
taken a slice out of my cake of power and given these slices to all these people in positions of authority. Uh, and then I'd have these, you know, I'd be, I'd be afraid of them. I don't want to please them. I don't want to make them happy. Um, and, and the other layer as being a woman and especially in the events industry. And then I, as I progressed my career, I specialized in safety. Um, a woman in a more male dominated industry. And then that dynamic gets dangerous. Um, and I, there is not one woman alive <laughs> who has not experienced that, like, I must please my authority boss. Um, and, and, and the dy dynamism of male and female come into it. Um, you know, oh, anyway, I won't get into that today. Um, so I went through some challenging times around my Saturn return and then really, well, it was kind of like, kind of a couple of years before I started amping up my like self-development like self like just going what the hell is going on in this world like I cannot keep up with this pace of life I cannot keep up with this industry it's so fast I'm burnt out I'm I'm erratic I'm neurotic I have no sense of self I'm just constantly at the pander of other people's um feelings and behavior and mood and I'm just constantly reacting like I'm just in this reactive fight or flight mode um like oh, I need to do like what's going on is this all that life is there for you know and then you start asking the questions and then it takes you down the path uh whatever path works for you and you know you and um anyway I this kind of slowly unraveling and I find it, it's like we talk about self-development self-improvement it's almost like instead of self-development and self-improvement because what I learned is that we are completely perfect as we are we just we just have created this story this illusion that we're not so it's almost like rather than improving ourselves like adding something we're actually removing the beliefs of our not self because we've created a not self um persona uh, that we attach our, our beliefs to um, and then which has just totally taken us out of alignment of who we are and as I'm talking when I talk about who we are I have like I always bring my fingers to a point um, to like I bring my thumb and my fingers together and I draw this like line up and down the my front of my body and Another thing I'll go into another day is I trained as a Pilates teacher in the last couple of years and it's something that I've wanted to do since I was a teenager when I was coaching gymnastics. Um, but I've been learning about our mind, like the thoughts and this like not self, um, which is like, a, which is a human design term and our body, which isn't us but it's like the 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 manifestation of of us like our spirit or our higher self or however you want to call it so our spine and this is how I love that I'm doing like Pilates because it's all about a healthy spine um in like connecting to our spine and going out of our spine is our psoas muscle and our solar plexus is that like in that center and 
I kind of see like the spine and the solar plexus and that kind of sense. Okay, so podcast recording rookie error number one. Make sure you have enough battery in your microphone. Um, and how ironic that is because when I organize events and we have temporary infrastructure, we always need to make sure we have a spare battery or spare fuel or a backup generator. Um, because at the moment that you need it the most is when you will lose power. That will always happen. It's Murphy's Law. <laughs> I know. Um, so I will, I'm committed to completing this first podcast as <laughs> rough and ready as it sounds. And I was talking about stepping into authority, um, unlearning what I learned as a child to survive, unlearning as an adult to thrive, and taking my power back, taking my power cake, cake of power, power cake, cake of power, however you want to call it, um, taking that back. And I really started to understand throughout the years that being a victim and the victim mindset is what perpetuates, like is part of the pattern that perpetuates this cycle of not, not stepping into our power. Um, because the idea of being in command and in power all sounds great, but that means one must take full responsibility <laughs> and if one doesn't want to take responsibility and likes to blame others for whatever um then it's going to be really hard and it it is like it's i was excellent at playing the victim <laughs> i was an i was an excellent victim and i still fall into it uh, oh, it's my parents' fault that I'm like this. Oh, it's my school's fault that I'm like this. Oh, it's so-and-so's fault that I'm like this. Oh, it's whatever. Um, if I continue to blame others for whatever is wrong with, with me or my life, I am just continually dishing out this, this lovely cake. Um, and then I've got none of it left for myself and then I feel sad and hungry and lonely um, because I have, I'm going to stop using this power cake analogy. Um, I feel, and this is like the penny dropped when I was uh, working, uh, so I've been a freelancer most of my life and then I worked um, in a full-time job. And it was like my confidence was stripped of me. Like I was stripped to the bare bones of my ability to be me. And I just couldn't understand. I felt so powerless. And this, the system of full-time work, everyone is to their own. It does not work for me. Um, just the way I am, the way I'm designed, we are all completely different. But 
it's like this the security oh you need a full-time job because you need the security full-time job and if you're a freelance you don't know where your money's coming from and blah 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 and um you know you've got all of this uh, full-time work comes with like healthcare and um you know uh, maternity leave and all these kind of things that you know if you're out there in the big bad, bad world by yourself you've got none of that support and it like it, it, it ground me down and I felt powerless because I was powerless I gave my power away to this job um, and so when I when I was deeply unhappy uh, and and in a depression I wanted to leave I wanted to go back into freelancing and I could not do it I could not do it I couldn't do it like it was it was like I was the only way I described it I remember describing it as that you see these stepping stones across a river and I'm on one stepping stone at, at one end edge of the river and I see the next stepping stone in front of me I see it and it's right there and it's I can step onto it I mean it's like a couple of inches away like my body I cannot do it I can't do it and it was like this like you know when you're dream that you freeze in, in in a dream like your body can't move it's like that um and thanks thanks to life life kind of pulled me out of the job by dangling this other job in front of me which I thought was going to be the answer to all of my prayers and turned out well <laughs> it wasn't but it, it and that job didn't last at all long um and was definitely not right for me um but I in the bigger picture, I saw what needed to happen because I needed to be taken out of this comfort kind of place that I was in. And um, the t I'm getting distracted by the. T what are you moaning at? You've been outside. Yes, you've had you've had your dinner. There's absolutely no reason for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and. Now I'm getting distracted. Yes. What are you mo- Okay, I'm gonna have to pause this and restart and <laughs> Okay. The dog is settled. And I'm gonna try and stay on track this time. So that feeling of power is equal to responsibility with great power comes great responsibility and there was this amazing woman who once said with great responsibility comes great power and Kristen Vergara is her name she's an amazing coach and that, like, it was like, not just one penny, like a thousand pennies dropped. And I realized that if I wanted to step into my authority and take my power back and actually, and actually come back into alignment with me, who, who I am and make decisions for me, um, correct for me, and not be at the whim of people around me, not be reacting 
to others, reacting to situations, reacting to whatever external stimulus that I needed to stop, or not stop, I needed to let go of being a victim. Because if I let go of being a victim, I take responsibility for my life. Once I take responsibility for my life, I get my power back. Because giving away my responsibility, I'm giving away my power. With great power comes great responsibility. With great responsibility comes great power. So the more I started taking responsibility for my life and watching, I'm going to clear my throat, <clears throat> watching the victim patterns which just kept me stuck in this like tiny um, cell in my, in my vision. Um, I just started watching it and as I watched it, it started to sort of melt away by itself. And the more I started taking responsibility and making decisions based on me, the more I started to feel more powerful, you know, more in command, more at home in myself. Um, and I really had to start watching out for asking others for like their thoughts to help me make a decision, like not being able to make a decision and asking someone else what they think, like that is a really big sign <laughs> for me. Um, it, it works different, you know, um, how we make decisions works differently for different people. But for me, if I am leaning on other people, I'm, I'm not taking that ownership. I'm not taking my power back. I'm giving it to someone else because I don't trust myself to make that decision. I want someone else to take the decision for me. So not only am I passing over my responsibility, I'm passing over my power as well. And to circle back to before I got my battery ran out, <laughs> um, the solar plexus, solar plex under the um, rib cage, just below the rib cage. So heart, is it heart math? I think it's heart math. Yeah. Um, the, the scientists that are doing all the research into the heart, like identifying that there are so, <laughs> like that our heart we have a brain in our head and a like a heart brain and actually the decisions the the because the emotions are far more powerful than the head brain um they're you know the, the scientists are discovering now that like where the, all that ganglia the solar plex where the heart is like there's so much going on there that is far more powerful than the brain um, head brain and the work that Liz Cook does K-O-C-H the SOAS she wrote the SOAS book P-S-O-A-S and her um, she does incredible workshops and training and stuff all kind of about like agency core integrity core awareness like getting to the the core of who we are and there's a reason that there's a reason that core and cur, so the French for heart and our core, you know, there, there's a, I mean, I, 
like what's the, there's a word for like the, the the history of words but anyone who is interested in in that like where words come from it's not by chance and so that kind of center a core of who we are core integrity um gut feeling gut reaction gut response that's where we make our decisions you know the like the part of our brain that is responsible for language is not responsible for decision making like we can't make decisions with our our brain um and the importance of what I learned through Pilates from Liz Cook from all these different people about the body is the psoas the solar plex like that whole area in this in the center like under our um rib cage as Liz Cook calls the psoas the messenger of the soul and when our psoas is tight so it, it grows out of the um our spine and grows down our spine around the lumbar spine and and over our pelvic basin and hooks on to the, and hooks on to the um, lesser trochanter bones like our, our leg bones our thigh bones and so it is the muscle that connects our upper and lower hemisphere of our body and it is if we're stressed whatever it gets it can get tight it can get dry it can get brittle and Liz always talks about that the psoas is not the problem it's alerting you to something you need to look into um, it's the messenger and that's why she calls it the messenger of the soul it is communicating out from our soul solar plex oh and communicating out from there to us that we need to look at at something and so I mean how many of us have lower back pain which can be uh, a tight psoas muscle so Liz does a lot of like body um, kind of movement kind of like continuum you know is Emily Conrad um, to basically like connect in with ourselves to nourish and hydrate the muscles and the reason I'm talking about this is because the the work that I've been doing on connecting in with myself and, and taking my power back and taking responsibility and not being a victim and making my own decisions, you know, it's like a minefield. <laughs> um, it's very simple, but it's not easy. And the the sort of mental constructs and concepts because I am a very thinky person <laughs> thinky thoughty person um, that the, the point of it all is that it's the intelligence the real intelligence and the real wisdom is is in our body so the the body work like doing yoga and pilates and continuum and stuff with this cook and I mean there's like people all over the world is so important breath work another one really good is so important to to kind of be that you know we're in a dualistic world everything has to have two so we've got our mind and our body even though we're all one which is the irony so you know I'm thinking my thoughts and journaling about how I'm taking responsibility for my life 
but at the same time, I need to anchor, I need to ground that into my body so that the movement practice is so important for dragging my energy down from the beehive around my head and, and anchoring back into my body. Um, and how the, oh, I really encourage Liz's work. It's, it, I, I find it, her work phenomenal. And she talks about landing and locating in your bones, that the bones um, are that connection, communication with, with the earth because we are of this earth. Like even that, that we just think we're separate from the earth and that we're even even in like Pilates or in any kind of learning about the body, we learn about hand and elbow and arm and head. It's like we are one. We're we're one. <laughs> we're not separate. Um, and it's not just us that have souls. Animals have souls. Plants have souls. We, you know, I mean, we've sort of seg like cut ourselves off, disconnected ourselves um, from this this oneness of the earth and everything that's in it that we are all part of. And we, we see things as objects. We even see our bodies as individual items like stuck together. Um, you know, the origin and insert, you know, origin of a muscle and insert it. Like, like as Liz Cook says, like nobody inserted your muscle. <laughs> like it grew. It's all, it's all one. So, okay, I have kind of digressed a bit, but that's because I really love this subject. So the... The work of, you know, you wake up one morning and you're like, I'm sick of feeling crap and I'm sick of feeling powerless and I want to be in command and I want to be in authority and I want to be able to respond to life and I want to feel more calm and centred in my in, in me and in who I am. Um, it needs to be that twofold, that body, working with the body, working with the, all that stuff that fizzles around <laughs> in the head. Um and, and moving the energy in that way. And also like emotions, emotions are energy. It is energy in motion, emotion, right? Here we go again with our words. And that needs to be, that needs to be shifted, you know, like we're, we are like water in that sense. We are mostly water in that sense. Um, you know, if you block a dam into a river, the water's going to build up and eventually burst. So, um, in that, like when we start working with wanting to take responsibility and take our power back, um, it brings up a lot of stuff because now we have to take responsibility. I must now face my crap <laughs> instead of pawning it off to other people and blaming them for whatever behavior that I don't like in someone else that I'm actually doing myself but don't want to see it. So working with our body is so important because then you know we're all that stuff that we're blocking is now going to come up and connecting in with our body and doing movement practice and whatever whatever it is that we love doing is is such a crucial part to like anchoring ourselves down in this earth or else we'll just fly off and and lose our heads literally lose our heads because <laughs> we're not grounding ourselves but um, what I experienced in, so now to completely circle back, because I do remember next time I will take notes, and maybe guide this conversation with myself, um, even more is I spoke at the start about 
the Saturn return, the Jesus year. And my Jesus year, my transformation and, um, oh my God, I've lost the word. What does he do after he dies? He comes back. He, I forgot the word, which is ironic. Um, so my transformation in stepping out of the cave <laughs> um, this year was the manifestation, the outer manifestation of me stepping into my power. I watched myself behave in a way that I never ever thought I could. I stood up for myself. I challenged people in positions of authority that I used to think were better than me. I treated everybody um, like with the, before I used to, you know, like, oh, so-and-so's coming, you know, position of authority, like must act a certain way. It's like I started seeing them as normal people, which I, ne I used to be so afraid of like, the C-suite and managing directors and whatever. I used to be so afraid of them. And this time, this year, I started seeing them as normal people and I was able to hold like normal conversations. And I just watched this happen and I was so proud of myself. And I had some challenging moments and where I had to stand up for myself and people that I worked with. And I was able to do that. And... I also, there were also kind of other things that I'll talk about at another time that kind of meant that I probably wasn't in the situation that was right for me and how I am designed to be in, um, which is now I'm kind of stepping back from, from working in these high octane kind of places. But the essence of what I was doing had good intentions. <laughs> and I was just so proud of myself that I was able to stand up and say, no, this isn't right and I'm not going to, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take this. And I, and it was interesting to see how I was a bit more kick-ass and it pissed off a lot of people and you know what kind of people it pissed off. And a lot of times, um, yeah, well, it, there was other other women and I thought a couple of times, oh my God, am I being reckless? And it's like, hold on, you've been brought up and this goes in, I'm going down now the kind of sexism route, which is a topic for another day. But it it was like standing up for myself in the face of like a lifetime of you must bow to these people, you must stay quiet and stay low and stay small and be safe. And the and the whole what's amazing about this is that it's not like I pushed myself it just came up by itself and this is the this is I think this is like the essence of what happens when you do the work when we you know start to look at these patterns start to become aware start to have the intention that we want to take responsibility for our life that we want to kind of step into our own authority is that when these challenging moments then arise, we just face them in, in that new stepping into our power way. And it's not until after you look back and go, oh my God, I, I did that. Um, because it's 
it's like I'm I'm taking me back that I had given away. So it felt normal in the time. It was only on reflection that I went, oh my God, I'd never done that before. <gasps> I didn't know I was capable of this. Oh my God, this is incredible. So that's what I love is like, it's not like, oh, I must be powerful, therefore I must force myself. There's no force at all. It's so natural. It just happens. It arises and it's wonderful. And I, and I, I wish it for everyone that we can all step forward in our full authority and in a way that we can step forward with our heads high, our chests open and not feel afraid of being essentially killed. That's what we're, it's afraid, we're afraid if I step out of this homogenization, I'm going to, you know, the glitch in the matrix and then Agent Smith's going to come find me and kill me. Um, that's, it's a, that, that criticism that we're afraid of being judged, afraid of being criticized is we're like afraid of being killed. Um, and the fear of the criticism and the fear of the judgment is because we're judging ourselves. Um, and it's that, and that's why it goes back to the fact that it's not self-development or self-improvement. It's more like self-unraveling. That I'm removing the layers, the muddy, tarry layers of judgment that I've been placing on myself since before I was born. Um, and all those judgments that created this figure, that created this persona that isn't me, that I'm, that keeps me small and keeps me afraid. And all that's being stripped away, stripped away, stripped away, revealing my true self, who I am. And then that, that self-confidence, that power, that self-confidence isn't, it's, a, it's, it's not a thing that we attain, it was already there. And I think that's why it's so natural. Then when you do stuff and you look back and you go, oh my God, I didn't know I could do that, that was so cool. Because it was already there, like it, it is who you are. And that's why I don't think self-confidence is something to have or not have. It's like we already have it, we've, it's just covered up. And the self-confidence comes from the power, which comes from taking responsibility, which comes from releasing victimization, which comes from releasing judgment. And I think I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming along this wacky first journey <laughs> um and yeah i'll see you next time